everybody. Welcome back to The Zero Hour. I'm your host, The Saw. And this week, I've got a very special episode for you all. I mentioned last week on the show that I was going to be interviewing a man named Peter Bro. Now, Peter Bro is a comic book writer from St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. And he's the writer of These Damn Kids from Second Sight Publishing. He's written a few other titles as well, and uh, you'll get to hear all about that during the course of the interview. It was a real pleasure having him on the show, so I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, you can hear all about where you can pick up his books, how you can you know, find everything, all throughout the interview. And we'll be back at the end of the interview. Uh, welcome to my show, Peter. Hi. It's great to have you. Thanks for asking me. We met at Fog City Comic Con about a month ago, month and a half ago or so, I think it was. You were ta- telling me all about all the different books you've written and uh, you sent me a few that I looked over, which were really, really impressive. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Second Sight Publishing and we'll start with that. Okay, Second Sight Publishing, it's uh, it's a publishing company out of Mississippi uh, with a satellite publishing company that's in Florida and we publish um, mostly horror titles. Our CEO is Bradley Golden. Our COO is Marcus Roberts, and our the director of uh, like art and all of that stuff is is Spike Gerald. And myself, I'm the 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 PR guy for Second Sight Publishing. I also do editing for Quantum Visions Magazine and uh, Second Sight. We also um, have a contract with Caliber Comics, where we publish anthologies through them. Yeah, I see in your thing that you sent me that you've done some work with Caliber Comics. Yeah. Now, before we we came on air, you brought me this wonderful comic, uh, These Damn Kids. These Damn Kids number one. Now, you said this was what volume? Volume... That's number one, volume one, issue one. It's volume one, okay. Yeah, because... You said uh, you were on the second volume. uh, Well, see, that issue sold out, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that issue sold out, so we are on a second printing. That's awesome. So, um, just... If you guys out there haven't heard of uh, These Damn Kids or Second Sight Publishing, I can tell you the the paper that this comic is printed on is fantastic. A nice glossy paper, and the book is all in black and white, but it's it's a horror title, correct? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's grayscale. It, it's, it's to, we, we were going to go with black and white. Like, I don't know if you ever, did you ever see the movie... Um, the Frank Miller one, Sin City, yes, where it was mostly black and white, but yep. they had the little odd parts of color. color yep. That was that was the original plan with that, just to have a little bit of color here and here there, and there. Maybe a little yeah. red or yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we figured we would we wanted to try it with the grayscale because Helmut Racco, the artist there, he's a Philippine yep. artist. He's exceptionally good at that sort of art. So we yeah, figured the we, art is fantastic. Yeah, we to would be quite go honest. with it. We figured that if it was colored, it probably would take away. From from the effect that we wanted with the comic, you know, I'd have to agree with that. Now, because um, I have read some books, um, like for a while, I used to read a lot of grim fairy tales. Yep, and theirs are in color, and they do a lot of gore and yes. stuff like that as well. But you know, this doesn't take away from that fact at all. In fact, I think it kind of adds to it. One of the things is I will say is the art is is amazing. Wait till you see issue two. Well, yeah, I'll have to for sure. I don't know uh, how many people out there are, are collecting comics anymore because I know it's not as big a thing as it used to be, but the art is, I would say it's better than a lot of, well, a lot of the art in Marvel and DC right now because I know I've, I like, I don't, buy a lot of comic books anymore, but I do read a lot of them. I still yeah. go into the comic book store, flip through them and look at them. And, um, 
in the last, I'd say probably the last 10 years, Marvel and DC, their art's really kind of gone down quite a bit. Whereas the independently owned guys like you, your, your art quality has started to go up a lot. Yeah. We kind of Because a lot to. of the people, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. a lot of the time the people want to create their own thing. Why well, work yeah. for somebody else and you can work for yourself and you can create your own thing. And, you know, I know like, um, there was a lot of the big Marvel artists. Well, I mean, this kind of all started with them in the nineties when, you know, like Todd McFarlane and Rob Liefeld and all them, they just Jim Lee, they all went and they formed image. And since then there's been a lot of creators that have gone that route. So where they, I guess it's probably getting to have the say over your own thing. Yeah. It might be a lot better. That's very important. Yeah. So these damn kids, you were saying, tell me again, how well this outsold everything. These damn kids was the, uh, 34th best-selling comic in February of 2022. And that's in the entire world, correct? That's in the entire... That's everything Diamond previews. So everything, everything that Diamond, Diamond okay. puts out for February of 2022. So everything that 34. they have, like, numbers on, Yep, it was number 34. That's really impressive. Because I can remember when there, you know, people were talking about comics, you know, being in the top 100 and thinking, oh my God, well, we're like number 90 well, or whatever. interestingly and, enough... Mississippi Zombie 3 that just came out probably four months ago debuted number one in Canada on Amazon. Wow. And number three mm. in the United States. That's impressive. And Harvest of Horrors 2 spent seven weeks in the top 100. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So how many of your These Damn Kids have you guys done previous well, to oh, this that's, one? that's issue one. Now, uh, like we've her, um, Second Sight has a lot of horror comics out right. there. You know, These Damn Kids is, is the one, the only one that I've written. Okay. <laughs> so what other comic books have you written? Oh, I'm, I've written uh, Sawwing's Gate for uh, uh, Caliber. That's part of the Harvest of Horrors line. Um, I've write, it's all about commerce. It's a, it's a story about ghost towns in Mississippi. Right. Saw Wayne's Gate that I was just talking about is a Civil War story. It's about Civil War zombies. I've yep. also written. Now, I think you sent me something that I was reading just the other day again, because I went through all your stuff again the other day. And it was, it, it had, well, it looked like it had people from the, from the war in it. Uh, oh, uh, oh, you might. Oh, yes, yes. Those are different ones. Those are, uh, 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 that's uh, Not Feast and Carnus Nocturnus. Yes. Not Feast, I, I, I wrote with my son. My son, Jaden Bro, is a, a, he's a history buff. And yep. he's, he's a, my consultant co-writer on all my, the, the war stuff that I do. Yeah. And uh, like those, the, the Not Feast is a World I'm War One. Yes, it's a World War One story. Yeah. Uh, that was published... Through Caliber. Yeah. And then I have another one that come out afterwards called uh, Carnus Nocturnus, and that's with Alessio Nosserino. Yeah. He's an Italian artist. He's, uh, he does a lot of the covers and a lot of work for Antarctic Press. And uh, <clears throat> that's also co-written with, with my son, Jaden Bro. And Carnus Nocturnus is about... See, Jaden knows all these uh, historical facts about World War One that most people don't know it's like unless they're a history buff probably yeah unless yeah. plus they're but they're obscure things like the the Carnus story for example not to give away too much about it well is that in the northern forests of Belgium in 1917 they actually had a peace agreement between the allies and the Germans because there was too many wolves 
and the wolves were going around killing the soldiers and eating them. <laughs> well, so the the war actually stopped because of this. Now I didn't know this, and Jaden tells me this, and I'm like, this would be a really interesting storyline, right? So then he also tells me, did you know that there was roving bands of cannibals during World War I? I did and that not know they that. Would, they had their own little trench camps. Yeah. And they were going around taking dead bodies or still alive bodies, dragging them to their, their camps that they had. And then eating them. And then eating them. Now, see, I didn't know things. that. Not too many people no. do, right? So we wrote a story around it, and this is what Carnus Nocturnus involves. It involves a stopping of the war. These Canadian soldiers, mm-hmm. like there's these there's characters that we created, that we created, plus some of the characters are actually St. John World War I veterans that oh. are, yeah, like George South and Ernest Chapman are both World War I veterans, and they're in the stories, right? And, and there's a guy called Piker that I created myself. He's in a, a previous story that, I don't know if you're aware, but I wrote a story years ago that caught the attention of the Edgar Rice Burroughs estate. Okay. Edgar Rice Burroughs, the creator of Tarzan of the yeah. Apes and stuff like that. And they, they contacted me. Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get this cease and desist letter because at that time, or pretty close to that time, uh, Dynamite Entertainment had come out with a comic book called Lord of the Jungle. Right. And it was a little close to Tarzan, right? So they got a cease and desist from the Edgar Rice Burroughs State because Tarzan's yeah. their, their thing, right? That's yeah. their, their big... Like, of course, they got John Carter and they got all kinds of other stuff. But Tarzan's their... That's, that's, that's the thing that, that Edgar Rice Burroughs most known for. So I get this letter and I think it's cease and desist and it's, no, we like it. We would like a copy... And we want to archive it. And oh, I'm, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. Oh, my God, really? What? Yeah, that's what? amazing. But uh, getting back to it, this is the first appearance of this Piker character, okay? He, uh, I don't want to give too much away about the story, but he basically saves Tarzan's life uh, and, and stuff like that. It, it involves the building of the Reverse and Falls Bridge because in, in the Tarzan mythos, uh, Lady Jane Greystoke, her father was an architect slash engineer. So okay. I thought, okay, good way to have her want to be in St. George. She wants to see the building of this bridge. There's a royal tour going around. George the, uh, whatever he was before he became George V, is touring around through Canada. So I tied it all in. I tried to make it as historically accurate as possible. You know, so it, it gave a reason for Tarzan to actually, not as Tarzan, but as Lord Greystoke, to be in St. John, right? So, and, and whatever, uh, this Piker character. So this Piker character actually is kind of like a Forrest Gump character who kind of appears in all these different historical events, right? So he appears in this Knock Feast, and Knock Feast is, is this, that, that Knock Feast is one of the stories that's in Harvest of Horror lines that come out through Caliber. And, and uh, it involves... Dracula. Dracula hired himself out as a mercenary for the Germans and, and during World War I, and he's performing all these rituals and whatever, and you, you can read the story. But, and then the next one, the next story arc from that is the Carnus Nocturnus, involves the wolves and the cannibals. But then there's another story arc from that. So that's the, the first story arc is Nocfeast. The second story arc is Carnus Nocturnus. The third one is, is uh, Relicticus Subterra. So we're trying to have all the, the story arcs of the World War I stories all be like Latin, two-name Latin right. 
whatever to keep a consistency with it. Now, the, th the third story arc, which is coming out in the Harvest of Horrors line soon, it's, uh, it's also by Alessio Nossarino. Uh, Italian artist that does a lot of work. He's he's done some work for Marvel. He he's he 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 does uh, covers for uh, Antarctic Press. He's doing a a big. Uh, I don't know if I should. Uh, <laughs> okay, he's doing some work with Ben Dunn. I don't know if you know who Ben Dunn. Ben Dunn's like the 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 grandfather of manga, you okay. know. And and he created Ninja High School and the 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 um, Warrior Nun, the big. Netflix series Warrior Nun. Ben Dunn's the guy that created that. Okay. He he didn't create the the Warrior. He created Warrior Nun. He's he didn't create the Netflix series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's the one that created Warrior Nun. That's his character. Okay. Created the character. And he then created they, the character, yeah. and then and then Netflix. You know they they Licensed arranged some the sort. Or yeah, whatever, yeah. Yeah. So that's going into a second season. But Alessio, the artist that I'm working with, on that I worked with on that I'm working with right now, that we're just finishing up the Carnus series. He's, he works with Ben, too, so he's okay. got another project with them. And uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a World War II project because Alessio's exceptionally good at doing war art. But the interesting thing about with Jaden as my co-writer is he'll look at... See, before the pages go to print, of course, I see them, right? Yeah. So, you know, Alessio will send me a, a page or, or, or uh, Mattia will send me a page or Helmet will right. – some, somebody, one of the artists, they'll, they'll send you a page and, you know, you look at it and I, I think it looks all right. And I'm like, oh, wow, cool, right? That looks, that looks better than I thought it was going to look because, right. like, when I write a script – I try to write everything I want to see in the panels. Yeah. I break the page down. I say the page is going to be, it's going to be a four panel page. I want, uh, uh, you know, a, a long panel across the top. I want three small panels on the bottom. This is what I want in each panel. But I also tell the artist up front, if you can come up with something better, do it. Right. right? And most of the time they come up with a lot better than I ever thought. Right. But Jaden will look and he'll say, well, you see that machine gun that he drew right there? That's not. That wouldn't have been around in 1917. That's that's something that would have been around in like maybe 1925, right? I would have never known that. Alessio would have never known that, eh? So, right. I, of course, you know, on them sending the thing back to Alessio saying, well, you know, can you can you change that machine gun? Because, <laughs> you know, Alessio is really cool with it, right? So we do, that's where Jaden comes in with the consultancy because he'll, he'll see stuff like that. Yeah. He'll say, well, you know, that helmet. Those, they didn't wear helmets like that. Those, that's a Brody helmet. They didn't wear Brody helmets, or they, right? You know, well, why, why would I know that? And right? yeah, you probably I mean? most people wouldn't, unless they're history. Buff. Yeah. That's so, but true. the Carnus storyline that we're working on right now, it involves. I don't know if you ever heard of the Battle of the Mons, where uh, it's it's a well known. It's in France. Well, what happened was is that the there was a bunch of uh, British soldiers who were who were outnumbered by the Germans and and the Germans ended up crucifying or so they claim crucifying uh, a Canadian soldier to a barn door and during that the all these soldiers from Angencor all these ghost soldiers of the Battle of Angencor showed up and killed all the Germans now you can google it and look it up I I didn't I never even heard of this and Jaden's the one that tells me about this and I'm like no, you really, you're kidding me. Like that, that, that there's this battle of the Mons and the, it's called the angel of the Mons. And, and, really? and like the, the sky was supposed to have split open and all these ghost soldiers from the battle of Angencourt show up and, and kill all these Germans. But there's also, we've also tied another, uh, into this story arc. We've also tied another obscure world war one legend about 
crusader soldiers who showed up where where like where the 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 mountains where Hannibal fought the Romans, uh, the Car- Carpathian Mountains, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. There was a there's a story line about how the Germans were going through there, and like crusader soldiers who had never died type thing show up and fight the Germans and kind of kill them. I'd never heard this either. Like, I didn't know any of this, right? And Jaden's this wealth. He's like, well, yeah, but we can do this and we can tie this in here. We can tie this. And if we go in this direction with it, we can do well, that. Well, especially if you're doing like horror, right? Because yeah. then you're kind of, you can yeah. bring in that supernatural well, that's what we try to, to But we try to keep it as historically accurate as possible, but with also th- tie in all these legends and then throw in these St. John characters, yeah. right? They just happen to show up, right? You know what I mean? They don't happen to show up. Like in, 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 in Knock Feast, they're actually asked to recon, right? In, 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 in Carnus Nocturnus, they're part of the recon team because like of all the wolves showing up, they're moving, like the, the Canadians are moving their camp, right? Out of where they have it in the Northern Belgian forest. So of course, Piker and George South and, and Ernest Chapman and these people, they... And of course, I always have a few characters that are expendable, right? right. You know, because like the Star Trek red, yeah, they the red, have your red, red shirt, yeah. red shirts, right? You know, and they 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 show up, and I kind of try to write revolve the story around these characters. So yeah, that's the that's the world that's the war stuff. All right, so stay tuned for segment two after this short break because there's so much more to come. 